Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Welcome back, warriors. Yay! We are so excited that you're back with us this week. Yes, we are. We are always excited that you're here. We're excited to be here. We're excited that you're here. Um, So this week, we spoke to an amazing guest. Mm -hmm. Her name is Amy Luckman. Mm -hmm. And she was just such a pleasure to talk to. Yes. Like, we, I know we're, we're both broken records. We say it every time. We're so lucky to have the coolest most grounded, warm and honest and vulnerable guests. And yeah. this was no different. So totally. yeah, before Abby hops into a little bit of a recap, let me let you all know a little bit about who Amy is. Mm-hmm. Amy Luckman is a health and wellness nurse coach who empowers moms and children with burnout, overwhelm, and anxiety to create self-care strategies that ease the burden. She's a two-time open heart surgery warrior by the age of three that covered her anxiety throughout her childhood. She thought in adulthood she had her anxiety under control until she became a mom to a child with anxiety. Now through her holistic training and mindfulness practices, she is able to help herself along with her child as they go through this anxiety journey together. All right, Abby. So let's jump into a little bit of a recap. Yes. So like you said, this was just a really just a wonderful, um, conversation. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm still left with wanting to ask so many more questions, right? I just really enjoyed connecting with Amy. Um, I love how she starts off by sharing, um, how growing up, she was in the closet with her anxiety. Um, she talks about how from, you know, by the time she was three, she had survived two open heart surgeries and how that impacted her with growing up. She was the middle child and the only girl in her family. And she put a lot of pressure on herself um, to, to have it all together. And it wasn't until her teenage years where she started to really notice these feelings that she didn't have a word for, but were anxiety. And at the age of 16, she had her first panic attack. She shares how she really wants to like break the cycle of not talking about feelings and not talking about mental health and anxiety and how she has found tools throughout the way that really support her both uh, throughout the entire day and in the moment when anxiety comes up and how all of these tools and all the work she has done has informed how she relates with her own children and how she supports her daughter, who is also an anxiety warrior. And really just how one of one of the ways that she shows up to be an anxiety warrior is knowing that she can face any fear, that the anxiety will pass and that she can handle it. And it was just like such, it was just such an inspiring story that she shared and just how she, how she navigates being an anxiety warrior. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, the, it's the same with all of our guests. They're just so freaking wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and we're just yeah. so, we just feel consistently blown away by their vulnerability and all the incredible things that they um, are offering us certainly, but all of our warrior listeners. So warriors, here she is. 
Welcome back, Warrior Family. Yay! We are joined today by a very special guest, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for, so much for having me. We're so grateful that you're here. Yeah. We love talking to all the warriors that want to talk to us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, anxiety warriors that want to talk to us. Yes, please. That's just like, that's literally why we're here. It's our jam. Um, all right. So Amy, let's just dive right into your story. Tell us a little bit about how anxiety shows up in your life. Oh, um, I probably had anxiety since I was a little kid and it was kind of in the closet. Um, something I had to keep to myself. I think that's just a generational thing. Uh, we just kept our feelings to ourselves. Um, I really think that a lot of it in the beginning stemmed from, um, I was a two-time survivor of open heart surgery by the age of three. Um, and I think, uh, underlying like it it gives you a little bit of like trauma and anxiety like you know you you had your life in someone's hands and maybe you didn't realize it at the time and and in time it's kind of like sinks in but you know those affect you um that you know you have are taken away from your parents and um i you know i honestly didn't really think about it until i became an adult um all the past stuff when I was little, um, it really, really hit me more when I was a teenager. Um, I started realizing um, that I was having these feelings of anxiety, um, but I didn't really have a name for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember clearly at age 16, having what felt like a heart attack happen wow. to me. Um, and it was a true full on, uh, anxiety attack. I had the like crushing chest pain. I was having difficulty breathing. And of course it scared my mom a lot because I'm a survivor of a heart surgery. Yes. So it was something wrong with my heart. And I think deep down, I knew that it was over a stupid boy, <laughs> um, that I was worrying about that I probably had a crush on. I don't even remember who it was and that, you know, it's not relevant anymore, but she sent me to the emergency room oh. and, um, I like all the tests came back fine. My EKG, my echo. Um, and I remember the ER doctor taking me aside and saying, is there something that you're worrying about? Oh. And I was like, Oh no, I'm fine. <laughs> And like, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't want to talk about it and I kind of just let it fester, but that was like the big one. And I had little ones here and there from different things in school and like the expectations I thought my parents put on me, which I probably, a lot of it was put on myself that I wanted to be this like good girl for them, that I wanted to be you know, I was the sick one and I have to, you know, they did all this for me and now I have to like perform for them and be the good student and be the perfect person. And, mm -hmm. and, um, I've had a lot of test anxiety a lot of times. Yeah. So yes, I did well in school overall, but there were certain subjects that I wasn't as sure on. And I remember like having, being sick and maybe like it kind of was produced from that anxiety and I, my mom would let me stay home, but I would like be so worried about that test I had to make up that I would like fake sick for a couple more days. Yeah. So I would have more time to study. Um, 
so it was just all those little things. Um, I always was like nervous to talk to people. Um, I, I remember like deciding to become a nurse and being so nervous to have to talk to doctors and do all these things. But it actually was like my way of kind of coping with my anxiety. Wow. It's like forcing myself into that situation. Because mm. I knew I wasn't advocating for myself. I was advocating for a child. Right. I worked in pediatrics um, or that's what I wanted to go into. So I knew that I was doing it for my patients and not for my, like, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There is... <clears throat> I mean, first of all, like what an incredible story, like a two-time survivor of open heart surgery by the time you were three. Yeah. Right. And, and in, in my mind, what I'm hearing is I'm sure, right. There was a connection one with anxiety because, you know, at that young age, like you can't make sense of the world. Right. And then some attachment stuff is coming up when you're seeing doctors Mm -hmm. and you're being taken away from your parents and everything. And being alone in that environment, you know, yeah. with the strangers. Um, mm-hmm. and then you said about like the pressure you put on yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and like being like, okay, I was the sickly one, but now yeah. I need to be strong. I need to prove yeah. myself. Yeah. And, you know, I just have like so many questions. And so I'll try not to ask 800 and try to like limit it to two. <laughs> um, but my first question is like growing up, Mm-hmm. what was the message about getting open heart surgery? Was the message like you need to be careful with yourself or was it like, you know, um, wow, you survived this twice. You can do anything, you know, or like somewhere in between, like, what was that message? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, definitely. Um, I always, so I'm the middle child. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel like I had that like twofold. Like I was the only girl. So they were like treating me very differently. Not that they meant to, but that's just the way it was. And I I always felt like I had the label of the sick one. I always had some medical issue or I always had to go to a doctor for something. Um, So, and there were certain things that, like I had certain restrictions when it came to like, I could never play football or ride a horse or do this or that. So maybe they purposely didn't mean to do it, but I think it just underlying was there just the combination of being the only girl and the one, the labeled sick one. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so I mean, I, in, yeah, go on. Yeah. I definitely feel like it, it kind of restricted me or made me limit on what I think I could do. Yeah. Um, with those two labels. Right. Right. I mean, that's what in my mind, like if I was, I mean, I lightly have hypochondria right now. Like, you know, I have a pain in my like calf and I'm like, what is that? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, so I, in my mind growing up, right. Anything that came up would maybe add more stress. Um, if I also had the message like, oh, there, you know, I was born where I needed surgery on my heart twice. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, fascinating how, you know, something so young can impact us. Um, and then the, the other thing that like, I really appreciate you saying, right. Like anxiety is rough, especially as a teenager. And you Mm -hmm. said, like, you feel like maybe your first anxiety attack was around some stupid boy. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But mm-hmm. I feel like that is so, so, so valid um, because like those are the things we care about in high school yeah. <laughs> is our peers and our crushes and what people think of us. And, and, and that creates so much anxiety. And I do feel like, you know, I think we're around the same age, like in our mm-hmm. generation, that was so dismissed because mm-hmm. it was a stupid boy. And when we're yeah. older, well, and so I just really value how, how you shared that piece about what was causing some anxiety in high school and then how the doctor was aware the ER doctor was like hey is there something bothering you mm-hmm. and what we learned was like you know just say no I'm fine yes. yeah 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 I mean and growing up in my house we didn't talk about these things you know we don't talk about our feelings and and I grew up with a brother who's severe anxiety severe depression ADHD and he didn't get help until he was in college. And that was like behind my dad's back because Mm -hmm. men don't talk about those things. Mm, So like, if he can't talk about them and I have to be like the put together kid, like I'm definitely not going to talk about it. Right. Right. But none of us want to be more of a burden when it comes to, especially like a stupid boy, right? Like, right. And so I just, I find that piece so powerful and, and also hopeful because you know, I know that we're going to talk about, you know, kids in a moment and stuff, but I, I, I find that like for so many of us that had that experience growing up, it mm-hmm. informs how we relate to teens and stuff now in a, in a much more empathetic, compassionate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amy, I mean, I just, I, similarly, I, I just value you talking about how this first real experience with a panic attack was when you were in your teens. Cause that was when I first had my first panic attack. Also growing up in a household that wasn't intentionally not talking about anxiety or mental health, but just because as we're all saying, right. Products of the eighties and nineties, it just wasn't discussed, not in school, not in home, not anywhere. You kept your dirty laundry in, inside and that's where it, that's where it belonged. And that's where it festered basically. Right. And you struggled alone because you didn't, a, you didn't know what it was called or what it was. You thought you were crazy or something was wrong with you, or at least that maybe I should speak for myself. Um, and then you're expected to just kind of like be a teenager and do well in school and go off in the world. Like I was 18 when I had my first panic attack during a test mm-hmm. and literally had no idea what I was experiencing and never had a word for it. So I do think, and as Abby just kind of reminded us, the doctor knew, right? Like the, <laughs> who knows what it was about your symptoms or what you were saying that made him think maybe there's something else going on here. And maybe this, this this teenager, this child doesn't want to share. Right. And without not probably knowing that you were safe and everything was okay, but Mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever it was you were keeping to yourself, maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I just, I really want to keep validating that, that like, as you said, Abby teens, this is the kind of stuff that weighs on teens minds and produces anxiety. And if you don't have a label for it, if you don't understand it, there's nothing wrong with you. Let's just, let's just keep normalizing that. Um, all right. And I'm glad you brought up your brother too. And, and just, I just related so hard to just like that. I have to be a good girl. I want to, I want to do everything that I'm supposed to be doing and meeting those expectations and don't disappoint others. And some of that's just patriarchy and things that we're, you know, (laughs) um, unfortunately have to deal with as, as girls, as women, um, 
All right. So let's, let's propel forward a little bit. You know, you talked a little bit just now about your feelings of perfectionism and your youth and early adulthood. Um, but as you've come to learn more about yourself and advocate for your own mental health through your, you know, your work as a nurse coach and everything that you're doing, um, in the world, you, you mentioned in our call, how hard you're working to break this cycle for your kids. Yeah. And we, we've talked to so many parents that grew up anxiety warriors without knowing it until adulthood that are doing that exact same thing with their mini anxiety warriors in their life. So just share with our listeners more about how you feel like you're achieving that. Oh, um, a lot of it was just like really self-reflecting and admitting that I was starting to feel that anxiety come back up once I had an anxiety warrior child. Um, And then through my training as a nurse coach, I've done a lot on spirituality, meditation, mindfulness, deep breathing, and really figuring out what tools um, work for me, exercise, eating healthy, getting out in nature, all of that. And then being able to then share that with my child um, and trying to still figure out what works best for her. Yeah. Will you, so I know what a nurse is and mm-hmm. I know what a coach is and I can assume what a nurse coach is, but will you, will you share? So I know what, what is, what sure. is a nurse coach? So a nurse coach um, is um, I'm actually board certified. Um, it's uh, looking at um the art and science of nurse coach or nursing, and mm-hmm. then um, kind of creating a vision for your client of what their ideal life is and what things that they want to work on and working and de- diving deep and figuring out little goals um, mm-hmm. that they can achieve to make their vision happen. And we really just look at them holistically, mm-hmm. mind, body, and spirit, that everything affects everything else. So you might be working with anxiety, but it might show up with physical symptoms mm-hmm. or it might affect you spiritually. Yeah. So we have to look at you at, as like a big picture yeah. Yeah. Um, and tackle all areas in order for you to feel like you can fulfill whatever goals and dreams and hopes you have for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's kind of what I assumed. I, I'm a coach too, but I, yeah not a nurse coach. And so I didn't know, you know, what the similarities and differences are. Um, also the, the, the other thing that I just really love in this, in, 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 you went into nursing, right. And you shared a little bit about how there was anxiety about speaking up, mm-hmm. but you were speaking up for your patients. And so that gave you like the confidence and the strength to like use your voice, right. And speak up, especially because I've heard it can be rough working with doctors. Sometimes I love doctors. I'm pro doctors, but I've heard sometimes there's some conflicts in nurses and doctors. Um, And so like, that's empowering to speak up, but then it also sounds like you're taking that and you're, you're giving this to your child, right? The ability to self-reflect, to Mm -hmm. identify how your child is feeling. And then Mm -hmm. like having this vision and figuring out the steps to take, whether it's like speaking up or navigating, how, how old is your kid? She's 13. She's 13. So right. She's the teenage years, how to navigate the teenage years. Yeah. I just, I really love to, and you didn't, you didn't use this, these words, but it just reminded me of Abby and I are constantly talking about the way we navigate our anxiety changes a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and we have to be open and willing to, um, practice non-attachment to the way we, um, navigate our anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we also like to talk about 
practices being active, meaning that like there are things that we work on every day. It's not just like, oh, anxiety cured. Like, <laughs> nope, that, that doesn't exist. Not, not for us. So you, and I, I can't re- pinpoint exactly how you said it, but you were like, I'm still learning as she's learning. Yeah. And it just reminded me of, of what we're always talking about is that we're always going to be evolving and learning about what we need and what's working for us and what worked today may not work for us in an hour. What worked right, right now, maybe not won't work next week, you know, for the mm-hmm. exact same circumstance. And so like just having that openness and that curiosity, you talked about meditation and mindfulness and yeah, that just feels so aligned with, um, what we feel that that's worked for us. So I just want to validate that too, because I think that, um, I mean, I know your daughter and she's amazing. And I know partially it's because she's being raised by you, right? She's being raised by someone that cares, understands anxiety, has empathy because you've experienced it throughout your whole life and had it be kind of quieted, right? You called it in the closet, which I love. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. It's like you had quite uh, closeted anxiety. Um, that's the first time we've ever heard that on the show, I believe. Yeah. And so allowing her to like step through the closet door in like her bold and brave and wonderful way mm-hmm. um, and traveling, traveling through it with her is just like such mm-hmm. a gift. So just wanted yeah. to say that. And, you know, having that underlying anxiety that you thought that you had under control. And then you have this child that like is born in so early on exhibited anxiety, mm-hmm. like severe anxiety, way more than I ever had. Yeah. And then that brought on my anxiety so much more because I was so empathetic and I could feel her like feel what she was feeling and I saw that she was struggling so hard even we she started seeing a therapist at five years old because it was so bad yeah yeah Um, well but you got her help when she was young when you noticed it right you noticed it and you said this is beyond my means and I Mm -hmm. need to protect myself too and so let's let's seek some help yeah And, and you know back when we were kids, our parents didn't have those resources. They didn't have those tools. They didn't know how to approach that, even if they were aware. Um, But we do now. And I knew right away. And I was like, I just don't want that life for her. And honestly, at the time, I thought of it more on the end of how my brother lived. Um, And not thinking as much about myself. But in time, I'm like, you know, I don't want her to go through what I went through either. Um, and I need to give her the tools, um, even if she can't apply them yet. Right. Even if she's not mature enough to do it, she has all those tools in the back pocket. Um, and in time with her maturity, she'll utilize them. Yes. Yeah. It's like planting the seed, right? It's yeah. not the day you eat the fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's yeah. normalizing all of it. It's normalizing therapy. It's okay yeah. to go to therapy at any age. It's mm-hmm. normalizing that we learn tools, you know? Um, I also really just appreciate how you thought of your brother, right? Because it sounds like your brother struggled and it sounds like he just had to like kind of deal with it. Cause that's what it was like to deal with at the time. And mm-hmm. I have anxiety and ADHD and wasn't diagnosed till my twenties. And all the messages I picked up were like, I'm not good enough. And, you know, just it's con like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, when I compare myself to others and it sounds like you had it feeling your brother picked up some of those messages too. And you're like, I don't want my child to get that. So, and so that's just, it's so powerful, right? Because she's learning at a younger age than all of us had to, to navigate anxiety and whatever else comes with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into, um, a little bit more about how anxiety kind of shows up Mm -hmm. in like the physical sense, um, in your emotions, in your mind, your body and your behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like very overwhelmed and like my head's going to explode. My heart races. Um, and at times I get very angry or frustrated and then I regret, you know, what I say or what I do. Um, or sometimes I avoid mm-hmm. if something's making me anxious, instead of going and doing it, I avoid it. Yes. It's so relatable. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like you're speaking my life right now. Yeah, <laughs> like same. It's, it's like all of them. It's like the overwhelmed mm-hmm. where your head's going to explode. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, even if there's, I'm speaking for me, like just like a handful of things I have to get done. The moment that overwhelm kicks in, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what to do. I feel like I'm just pacing around, you know, like, yes. yeah. And then the, I love that you said angry, right. Yes. Because I can so relate to like all of a sudden just getting absolute rage inside of me and mm-hmm. not knowing what to do with that. Right. And that is definitely part of anxiety is like anger and frustration and these really other big, strong feelings that like go with it. Um, and then of course, right. The avoiding is like, yeah, it's the anxiety is too overwhelming. It's just easier to check out rather than do the thing. Scroll my phone. Yes. (laughs) Just dissociate. Watch Netflix, read a book. Like, escape right just escape yeah because life is freaking hard right and it's like we have to do it though every day all day and so yeah it's just so it's just so honest and relatable so yeah I value you sharing all of that and I I was gonna touch on the anger piece too Abby because Abby and I talk a lot like we're good friends and so we talk a lot about how anger and rage shows up in us we talked about on the pod but certainly just in our in our personal lives and it's just not talked about enough how much anger and anxiety are linked. Yeah. Right. It's just not. Um, but yeah, I think as the three of us working in the wellness world, right. That's the other part of it. It's like, we need to normalize anger in the wellness world. Like not everything's sunshine, not everything is going to feel healing or love and light. We need to normalize the fact that anger is a normal and valid emotion And that even mindfulness teachers and wellness coaches and empowerment coaches and nurse coaches and any, any facet of the fields, you're allowed to be angry. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and let's just keep saying it. You're allowed to scream. Yeah. You're allowed to slam a door. (laughs) Like it's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not like a bad coach or mindfulness teacher (laughs) or whatever, if you get angry, like that's just utterly ridiculous. Um, yeah. All right. So talk to us a little bit more about some of the ways that you cope with your anxiety. You know, you mentioned, um, mindfulness and meditation and, um, you know, doing some work surrounding when you're helping your daughter with her anxiety, you can kind of, some of that like kind of leads into your own life. So just share with our listeners more about the ways that you choose to cope with your anxiety and how it helps and supports you. So normally every day I try to have like a morning routine um, that includes either meditation or Reiki. Um, I'll do some journaling. I love to journal what I'm grateful for from the day before. Um, That really helped me immensely during like the height of COVID was like, even though it's hard, even though we don't know what's going on, even though things are uncertain, I can still find five things I'm grateful for, for the day. Um, 
that really put a lot into perspective for me and keeping that practice. Um, and then I usually um, work out in the morning or I'll read something inspirational, uh, listen to a podcast that's inspirational. Um, so that's basically my morning routine. And I really try to keep with that um, because it's really helped center me yeah. a lot more. Um, and at least I can tackle like the craziness, especially during the school week of the morning and how chaotic it can be. Other than that, I really love to be outside either going to the beach um, or we live on a preserve. So we walk the dog in the preserve. Um, that really calms me a lot. Um, and then just deep breathing has helped a lot. Just taking those breaths from really overwhelmed, stop what I'm doing and take a nice, slow, deep breath in, hold it and then let it out. That makes a huge difference. Um, and then I just kind of talk to my daughter about other different strategies, whether she wants to um, brain dump some her feelings out, um, just being willing to talk to me about it. Mm. Um, and, and we have really honest conversations about if one of us blows up, if we have this big thing that we talk about it afterwards and really like discuss like what went on, what could we do better? Like I apologize to my kids all the time. If like I have a meltdown, I'll apologize because I need them to know that like I'm human and I make mistakes and they're human and they can make mistakes, but we're going to learn from them. Yes. Yes, exactly. I have like chills all I over know. me right now. I mean, that, that piece has just been constantly standing out to me is you are embracing your humanness and mm -hmm. embodying it for your kids. It's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's okay to get angry. And yet, if we get mad at someone, we should repair afterwards. We yeah. should find the time when we're in a better headspace to have a conversation about it. And what can we learn to move forward? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, from, from one anxiety warrior to another, it just really sounds like you have found a ton of tools that have really supported you. Mm -hmm. right? everything you're saying, the morning routine, the gratitude, you know, the long exhale, the low, the blah, blah, the long, slow exhale, right. And the, the slow inhale too, um, in the moment when you're feeling that overwhelm mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's not perfect all the time. Cause we're all human, but that's the piece I really love is like, you are just willing to let your kids know that you're a human being also learning too, and you support them in their humanness. And that's just so powerful and beautiful. Yeah. And if they have like the feeling of perfection or the feelings that I felt growing up, I'm, I'm honest. I say, you know, they're not worth having yes. it gave me a lot of issues. <laughs> like I even talked to my eight-year-old about this. Like they caused me a lot of issues. Like it's okay. Like you just do your best. Yeah. That's all I can ask for. Like you try your best. If you tried your best, that's all, that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all kids yeah. need to hear right. too. Right. Like, I mean, honestly, it's so wonderful. Yeah. And I just brain dumping sounds amazing. Yeah. Right. It just sounds amazing. It's like for some, so many of us warriors, I feel like 
have so much swimming around in our heads all the time. And it's, it's overwhelming and it's sensory overload. And it's like, I wish I can get away from my own thoughts. And so like the fact that you're giving your daughter, your son, anyone like permission to lay it all out on the table Mm -hmm. and you're being an active and quiet listener, right. And allowing them to just get it all out, to try to work it all out. That's just, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a continuous gift, right. And, and they're only going to learn that they can hopefully work stuff out on their own eventually by brain dumping, whether it's via journaling, like you do sometimes, or talking to another trusted person or, you know, or maybe allowing themselves at some point to do that for others too. Right. It's like, you're passing on that compassion and that empathy and that listening ear that they're just going to learn like, Oh, I felt so good when my mom let me do that. So I want to do that with my kids one day, maybe, or with my best friend or whoever. And, um, Oh, it's just so many sparkles. Yeah. and twinkles. Yeah. I love like just now, either of them, like if they have something they want to talk about, they'll say, Hey mom, can we go in a separate room and just talk for a little while alone? I'm like, mm. absolutely. That's oh. what I want you to do. I want you to come to me. Yes. And comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot that says a lot right there, because I know, especially with your daughter starting the teen years, right. I know so many parents that want their kids to feel safe and comfortable coming to them about stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to like saying, no, I'm fine. Right. And the fact that your kids come to you and say, Hey, can we find some, like a, a room to have a conversation is, mm-hmm. is huge. That's huge. Yeah. All right. So you could go back in time and speak to a younger Amy, what mm-hmm. kind of advice, what would you say to her? If you could speak to her? the first thing I would say is the things that you're worrying about, they will pass. They're, they're not as big as you thought they were. Um, I, I wish she would feel comfortable and open to just share her feelings. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want her to share her feelings more. If it wasn't even with her family, just like a close friend, just let it all out. Like there's no need to hide. Um, and I just wish she had those tools, but I'm so happy that I have them now to like break the cycle with my children. And then I'm sure there's things that they're going to need to work through still that they need to break the cycle from whatever I've done, but it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. We're all learning. And and more we can break the cycle, the better we will be in the end. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. So, right. No yeah. more, no more anxiety closet, everyone. Yeah. Step on <laughs> out. Oh, so good. So much. Yeah. Love it. Okay. All right. Final question before we jump into some lightning round fun. What does being an anxiety warrior mean to you? Oh, it means being able to face the worries and the fears and to be able to know that those are temporary and um, I have the tools to get through it, Yeah. Um, to be an advocate for my children and for others um, in working through what will work for them so that they can be anxiety warriors. Yeah. Those are the two big things. Mm. I love that. So I love good. That. And I, I think, I think it's such I just think it's such an important message, like, and it's such an important reminder that, right, these things will pass, 
and we can handle it, right? Mm -hmm. Like to face the fears knowing they're going to, they're going to change, right? Mm -hmm. And I can handle this. And it's just like, yeah, I just feel like, like, you know, like it's so empowering to remember that because it's so hard to remember that when the anxiety and the fears come so strong. Yeah. Because they just like plow into your head. Yes. Like, how am I going to get them out? And they just like, you end up obsessing over them um, for so long. And it's just like, those worries, they will pass. It's okay. Yes. yes. It's so right. good. Right. Yeah. It's Got just it. about, it's just like, you, some, it needs to be more like on a poster somewhere, like, <laughs> right. Like that you can just have in, in the inside of your brain. Cause it's like, they have those, it's like, oh, this too shall pass, but it's too vague. Right. I feel like it's like your, what you're feeling right now will pass. Your anxiety <laughs> will pass, right? Yes. Like we need to make those inspirational posters a little bit less vague. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come again in another form and try right, to trick yes. you again, but it also will pass again and you can handle it. Yeah. That's right. Your anxiety will keep coming, but you'll keep getting through it. Right. Yeah. Like we're finding ways to just like keep breaking down, right. Mm-hmm. The, the big thought, the big picture into what I know for me as an anxiety warrior, I need it to be like in little bits. Yeah. If it's too broad, I it's, I can't attach meaning to it. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's everything that's will just pass. That's true. Right. It's just a saying, but, but like my anxiety is constant. <laughs> right. It's like, what do you mean? It'll pass. It's here all the time. Oh goodness. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. So this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your heart with us. Um, yeah. just so incredible and so valuable for everyone listening. So thank you. You're welcome. Are you ready for lightning run? <laughs> <laughs> lightning. Okay. So Abby and I are going to go back and forth and just ask you a fun, silly, get to know Amy type question. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Abby. Here are you? Um, I don't know. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. okay. Question number one, what is the weirdest dream you can remember? Oh, huh. I always have a lot of dreams about teeth falling out. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. But the weirdest of weird is, and it's strange, but so true is I've had pregnancy dreams about both my kids before I've even known I'm pregnant and oh, wow. the baby there. I knew. You knew that's crazy. Knew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is. And I've had dreams about other people too. And it's come true. No way about their pregnancies. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Have you told them after the fact? Now I have so many follow-ups. Yeah, I know. Or when they were denying it to me and then (gasps) they admitted when they finally like came out and told everybody. So wait, you saw a person that you dreamt about and you went, I had a dream you were pregnant and I think it's true. And they denied it to your face. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, that's really ballsy of you. (laughs) I like it. And B, wow. And for, and for the, clearly they weren't ready to share. And then what did they say when they finally like told you? You're like, you're right. (laughs) Nuts. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's a special like talent, like a gift. It is. Yeah. I can lost it, it. but I used to have that gift. Yeah. You lost it. Okay. You just find a way to harness that again. That's an interesting one. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. All right. Okay. Super random not in the dream topic. Um, Margo and I pride ourselves in being dorks. We are a little bit dorky. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of it. <laughs> what is something, what is something dorky about you? What is something you do that is dorky? 
let me think on that I'm just like a book nerd um I would be that person that like my husband probably thinks I'm so weird but I carry my book everywhere like even if I'm just like waiting at the doctor's office or like in line at the grocery store like I'm bringing out my book and wow, I'm in line at the really, grocery store. That's commitment to read it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm really into the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It helps I'll with waiting. I'm waiting. I'm going to read. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you there. With you. And with then, the you book. know, with the whole Kindle thing, like it makes it much easier. Oh, oh it's like okay. lighter and phone, you know? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now that makes more sense because, like, I can't do the Kindle or the Nook or any of the, the, electronic reading devices. So I just, I'm picturing like holding one of my like hardcovers or paperbacks <laughs> online. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a, you know, you better, that's a long I line. Go back and forth. I go with, depending on what's the cheapest place to buy it, but okay. yes. yeah. Love, 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 love. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're, I'm with you there. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Question two from me. What is your favorite movie genre? Hmm. I would probably like those like nine eighties, nineties, like romantic comedies, like sleep it in Seattle kind of girl. Yeah. All right. So now follow-up question, um, like name your favorite movie. Is that your favorite movie from that genre of like eighties, nineties romantic? Um, that's probably one of my top that I would watch over and over again. All right. Yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. But I also like, like the funny, like, um, was it the one just friends? Oh, Oh, we talked about this, Amy. Just friends is my Adam and I watch it every Christmas. My husband does not understand why I think it's so funny. I love it. I can watch it every holiday season. It comes out. Every Christmas. Oh my God. I feel so seen right now. Yeah. It's a holiday movie. It is a holiday movie. We literally decorate our house and then watch just friends. Like it's been a tradition for almost 20 years. Like, well, not in our entire 22 year relationship, but like almost the whole thing. Like, oh my God, that's so funny. You said just friends. I can't believe it. I have never seen it. And Margot did a thing on Instagram a very long time ago where she was like getting ready to watch my like favorite holiday film. And she had like the box of guess what it is. And I guessed every single holiday film that there ever that. could ever be. I started Googling <laughs> holiday films. She was, was determined. Nope, didn't get it. Well, you <laughs> never would have guessed that one because right. it's not categorized as a holiday film. Right. Also, in all of our years of friendship, I didn't know you've never seen it still. Like that, we have to remedy that. That's a serious problem. Okay. Okay. And I have Amy here to back me up on that. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, now I've heard two people, so I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. So my second question, right? Yeah. Second. Yeah. Um, so you are a book dork like us. Mm-hmm. So if what book would you want that ha- this hasn't happened before, right? Like what book would you love to see be turned into a musical either on film or on stage? Think about this. <laughs> um, know a lot of like the fiction books I end up reading are like weirdly like the ones about like World War II (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah so I'm sure there's something in there um I I'm a huge uh I don't know if you've heard of her Kristen Hanna um 
Yeah. The Nightingale. I really love, I'm looking right now on my bookshelf, uh, The Nightingale. I I know they're making it into a movie though. Oh, they're already doing it. I love that book. My mom got me that book last year. It was so beautiful. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Let's make that into a musical. I have not read it. So it's now going on my book list. Yeah. It's a great book. A musical version though. I'm going to, yeah. I mean, I guess that would make a lot of sense actually. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. I'm looking forward to the movie now. I forgot they were making a movie. All right. Okay. Final question from me. If you could be a completely fictional, non-existent, made up superhero, who would you be? What would like your superhero name be? And what was, what would be like your superpower? Um, have to this this is this is throwing me off a little bit okay (laughs) take your time Um, take your time I would say well I do feel like I have just like this ability to like kind of know the future so Mm -hmm. I think that that is going to be my ability um I don't know if I always really want that but it's kind of something I have a little bit of um hmm trying to think of a word with future in it let's mm. see um future tastic <laughs> Ooh, i love okay. it future tastica future tastica that is yeah. dope i like yeah. that yeah yeah now yeah. wait like what kind of would you be wearing like a dress like a skirt like what would your um, colors be I love the color turquoise. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have to get, like some turquoise in there and maybe like some purple or pink yes. in there with it. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. our yep. favorite colors. Like, leggings, leggings, like some high boots. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think the dress. No, no dress. Yeah. Okay. She needs it, to be able to move quickly in case exactly. something's happening in the future, you know, yes. she has to get there in time. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Can't get maybe slowed down by a dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. They're so impractical, those superhero <laughs> dresses. They are. And the wind gets in it, slows you down, you know, you need some leggings. <laughs> you shoved up your crack. Who does it, who wants that? Okay. That's true. Okay. All right. My final question. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know like a lot of streaming services don't have commercials. Mm-hmm. But you are, I'm assuming, same age as us. So you grew mm-hmm. up with commercials. Oh, yes. So if you could only see one commercial mm-hmm. for the rest of your TV movie viewing life, what would that commercial be? And does it have a jingle? Oh, I wouldn't be the jingle type. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess anything with books or like the talk about books, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what a commercial I, is. I know. I, I don't know. Know. It's so long. Like there's a I, I, I honestly, I don't normally have the TV in my house to uh, watch commercials anymore. Um, good for I you. Commercial in a very long time. Yeah. See, when I think I, of commercials, I think of like 80s and 90s, like, like yeah. hula hoop, hula hoop, Barbie fashion, oh. hula hoop, right? Wasn't that a thing? I don't know that one. That's a new one. Oh, I remember, wasn't there like a Skippo one? <gasps> skip it, skip, skip it. it. Uh, I don't remember uh, all the words. That's uh, it. Yeah. That's all yeah. I got. <laughs> or like kid sister, kid sister, kid Hal sister. Joey. <laughs> 
No, it was my buddy. My, my buddy. buddy. My buddy. My buddy. Wherever you sister. go, I'll go. My buddy. Yeah. I think we used sister. to have a my buddy in my house. Oh, oh my I always wanted a my buddy or a kid sister. They were so big. Those. They yeah. were too big, those dolls. They were freaky. Yeah. <laughs> freaky <Okay>. dolls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that it? Was that, those were all our questions, right? Yeah, that was my okay. third one. Yeah. All right. Woo, you made it. <laughs> Woo. Survive lightning round. All right. So, Amy, before I ask you to share where all of our listeners can find you, we like to ask all of our guests to share a win of the week, big or small. Do you have a win of the week for us? I do. It happened yesterday um, with my daughter. Um, she had a major anxiety attack meltdown yesterday from something that happened at school. And I kept my cool. Mm. which doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. And we had time to reflect on how to deal with her anxiety mm-hmm. and what works for her. And she wasn't sure at the time. Um, so I kind of just listed stuff. Um, and one of them was the brain dump um, because she does struggle to go to sleep when she is anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set her up with a long meditation to help her to go to sleep. Um, and when I woke up in the morning and woke her up, I saw on her bedside table, her journal was open and there was some writing there. And she told me that the meditation helped her go to sleep Wow! when normally she wakes up and comes downstairs like three times before bedtime. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, okay, I did something right. Yeah. I kept my cool, even though she had a major meltdown, I just walked away. Mm-hmm. let her do her thing yeah. and I um validated how she felt gave her those tools and she used them mm. oh god yeah That's it's like it. a huge win it was yeah. massive yeah I was very proud of her and I was proud of myself yes yeah, yeah. exactly it's like a double win right there because she gave it a yeah. chance she tried it right yeah. like that's the hardest part and then right and she tried it and she saw that it worked Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like sometimes we can get so stubborn when someone like suggests something, it's like, no, you don't know me at all. <laughs> like journaling yeah. won't help. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, wait, this meditation. And I, I mentioned the journaling, but I never like pushed it. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see it like opened up in a little bit of writing on it. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's so good. good. That was right. Good. Well, that's an awesome win. win. Yeah. 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 For both. Of we, you. we love all the win. I mean that, but that's a massive win. That's so big. Cause it's not just, it's for you and it's for her, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a win. That's, that's twofold. It's, it, it kind of ripples out. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. All right, Amy, tell our listeners where they can connect with you and where they can find you like on social sure. or so um, I am on Instagram and Facebook. On Facebook, I am just under my regular name, Amy Luckman. Um, and on um, Instagram, it is Amy underscore coach RN. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm at for now. Um, awesome. Eventually I'm going to get a website up, but um, for now, those are the two places. Yeah. So everyone go find Amy, start following her, connect if you're interested in learning more about yourself and, and, um, looking to have a support system in you, which, you know, we're learning through listening to the, your whole story has been such a huge part of your own journey and that you're able to do that for literally so many other people, but your children, especially. So 
All right. Thank you so much for being with us. This was such a joy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk and share my story. Yes. We so appreciate you. All right, Amy, have a great one. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Warriors. I love this episode. Yes. Yes. I love this conversation. I felt so ridiculously seen. I feel like I feel seen in a lot of our episodes with a lot of certainly with you and our Mm -hmm. solo episodes, but when we speak to our guests, it's usually a mixed bag. Sometimes I feel really like, oh yeah, I so relate to every single thing. And then other times I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. It's so different from my own journey. And it just feels so enlightening and inspiring. And, but with Amy, I just felt like it was like looking in a mirror and listening to my own thoughts in so many ways, aside from like the motherhood stuff, so much of what she shared really stuck out to me. Um, I think my first takeaway is just the validation that I felt listening to her speak about what it was like growing up in the time frame mm-hmm. that we grew up in, right? Yeah. Which we talk about so consistently because it's shaped who we are as anxiety yes. warriors who have grown up in that time. And um, just hearing the way that she was kind of closeted in her anxiety, mm-hmm. not necessarily with intention, although it, she did say at one point that like, you know, when her brother had to seek therapy, it was like behind her dad's back because- mm-hmm we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. And men certainly didn't talk about that kind of stuff. So I just really value her kind of highlighting once again, that many of us didn't grow up with talking about mental health or anxiety or just talking about feelings, right? Just, just feelings and being able to kind of talk with someone that we love our own family, our own, our teachers, our friends about the stuff we were feeling and like really have it be seen and heard. So I just, I really, really love that part of the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, just like bouncing off of you, like it just says how brave Amy and all of our guests are that grew up in the same time as us, right. Where we were told like, have it all together and don't really talk about your feelings. And, you know, like, and the fact that so many people are willing to come on here and share their story that is also their feelings and vulnerable, I feel like is just a huge shift from when we grew up. Um, so and if it uh, wasn't told to us, it was shown to us. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No one was like, shut up about your anxiety, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right. Can you, you don't talk about that stuff. Just deal right. with it. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, one, one of my, I, I, I have this takeaway a lot with our guests, but it's always such a valuable reminder for me. And that is just, we never know people's stories, right? Yeah. We might think we know someone. We might, we might even be like, oh, her behavior looks anxious, right? But we don't know like, oh my gosh, this person as an infant had two open heart surgeries and how that might impact someone, mm-hmm. right? And like, again, we don't need to know people's stories to be able to have compassion for them, right? right? And so that is like, definitely like my first takeaway is when she was staring, sharing that story, like, I, I can't imagine how I would grow up if that was my story. Right. And so it's just so, I just feel like so, so powerful, like such an important reminder that there's just so much more we don't know about people than we think we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. We don't know people's stories and we should never assume. Right. It's like, if you haven't had a conversation or a heart to heart with a person, 
it's like we're always saying with the students that we teach, right? All behavior is meeting an, you know, is meeting an unmet need. It's mm-hmm. just there, it's just a child's way or a person's way or a human's way of trying to get through a moment that's a struggle that they're having a hard time with. And it's like, I still go through that now where I'm like, I have an anger fit and I'm like, what is up? Why am I being like this right now? And it'll take a while sometimes. And then I have to be reflective and be like, oh man, like, okay, I, this is anxiety, right? This is my anxiety coming out. And, um, no, that kind of goes into my second takeaway, which is just like, the openness that Amy talked about her anger and the way she experiences big emotions, right. And how often she exhibits anger with her anxiety and how her anxiety shows up as anger. And as somebody who gets angry often, (laughs) that just felt really good to hear from more people that work in the wellness world that are just Mm -hmm. that experience anxiety, that Anger is a normal, valid emotion, and we need to talk about it more. We need to talk about how in this culture, in many cultures, right, things like anger, especially for girls and women, it's just like uncouth. It's not great. Don't do it. It's unladylike, whatever. Shove it under the rug. Keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just so blatantly wrong. And so I just really, really valued Amy talking about her anger. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my takeaway too, for sure. Like, first of all, I felt validated, right? Because like I definitely have rage. Doesn't matter how many silent retreats I've done, right? Like it doesn't yeah. matter how long I've been practicing this stuff. The rage comes. And sometimes I don't know what to do with it, right? And that mm-hmm. will like lead to me like, you know, disassociating and checking out, right? Um, which was the other piece that she shared too. Um but I just so appreciated her highlighting how, yes, anger comes with anxiety. It's totally normal, right? There's no shame in, in, in those, in those feelings. There's no shame in those emotions. And, you know, I think the, the best thing that we can do is one normalize it, right? Like anger might be scary one for the person experiencing it and two for the person that's witnessing it. Um, but if we keep not really talking about it, then none of us know what to do with it. And then it manifests in some pretty bad ways. Right. Dangerous ways. Yeah. So I just really, um, I just like, my heart was like singing when she started talking about noticing, like when anger comes up, because I was like, thank you. Like, this is definitely that's something that needs to be spoken about so much more. Yes. Agreed. It was one of the, yeah, definitely one of my favorite parts. Um, (laughs) because <laughs> it's all about you and me, right? It's, yeah. it's like, oh, that's my favorite part because I felt so validated. Yes. But that's the whole point, right? That is the exact point is that we should all be able to talk about this freely and have it be validated and normalized mm-hmm. and, or at least be heard, be fully heard. And so that kind of leads into my final takeaway, which is just how dedicated Amy seems to be to being curious about herself And in turn, being able to show that to her children, show that vulnerability, offer them all the space that they need to brain dump, to, you know, offer them all the tools that she is lucky to have found as an adult. She doesn't want her kids to experience the stuff that she did when she was a kid and into her early adulthood too. She wants to be able to arm them, you know, with their, with their warrior shields, which are Mm going to be some of the things she talked about, you know, deep breathing and being out in nature and, you know, the fact that her kids want to talk to her too, especially her teenage daughter is, and you could imagine that 
she'll just continue to feel that safety and to feel held by Amy because she's able to stay calm, even if she doesn't feel it in st- inside. And I really, I value her saying that too. It's like, mm-hmm. she was proud of herself. And that is awesome too, because yeah. it's like, I stayed calm and I was able to step away and allow her to have her big feelings and get through it. And then we worked it out. Right. I let her talk right. and gave her some tools and strategies and look, that was her big win at the end. And it was, it was so huge. And I just think that it's just one more, one more reminder that everybody's tools are going to be different. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to change. Sometimes they're not always going to work or feel comfortable or sticky or easy. I'm sorry, or not sticky or <laughs> easy, but you know, we can still pull to them. We can yeah. still know that they exist, yeah. right? Just remember that we have them. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, the fact that she kind of talked about feeling it actively in the way that you and I are always advocating for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll say like my takeaways kind of connected to that just in the sense of like normalizing being human and doing her best to embody it. Right. Because she's working and like remembering to practice the tools for herself. And in that, it also informs how she relates to her kids. And so she's giving her kids more permission to make mistakes and not be perfect. And she's giving her kids more permission to feel angry and anxious and know that there's things they can do about it. And permission to make mistakes, knowing that when you make a mistake, that's okay, but sometimes we have to repair it when someone else is involved, right? And like that, I, I mean, that just sounds... Again, we're, you know, not human parents and not parents to humans, but it sounds like such a huge parent win. It sounds like that's what so many parents aspire for, right? Is to have when their teenage kid is having a challenge to come talk to them, right? When their kids are having problems asking for, hey, can we talk about this? Um, And so it just sounds like she has really put in a lot of work for herself to help herself. And that has rippled out into the way she's with her children. Yeah. And her clients too, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just yeah. sort of the way you are is the way that you're going to be experienced through your community, you know, right. your coworkers, your family, your friend, everybody can feel it. So, oh, such a great conversation. Thank you for being with yes. us, Amy. Thank All you. right, warriors. We love you so, so much. We are mm-hmm. so grateful that you have joined us on this episode. Um, if you'd like to connect, you can hit us up over on Instagram. We're at anxiety warriors podcast, mm-hmm. or if you'd like to connect with us via email, you can shoot us an email over at anxiety warriors podcast at gmail.com shout out your wins of the week, topic ideas, things you'd love for us to discuss. Or if you think you'd be an awesome fit as a guest on our show, let's connect. Let's get down on the calendar and chat with you. Um, jump on to our show notes click our threadless shop link to some Mm -hmm. awesome, such great merch we're selling over there with just like some fun anxiety warrior swag that you can pick up on mugs and t-shirts and hoodies and blankets and beach towels and all that good stuff, stickers. And finally, we would be just beyond thrilled. Just so grateful. If you would take two seconds and smash that five-star rating on smash it on Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you tune in. We're also on YouTube following slowly growing over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you, um, if you are on YouTube or you're interested in connecting with us on YouTube, all of our episodes are uploaded there as well. Like, and subscribe to our show. 
so we can keep making more of them. Yeah. Yes. Thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful y'all are here. Till next time. <laughs>